Meeting up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. And today we're going to talk about leaving the zoo, a.k.a. the government schools. We're going to talk a little bit about how, why, and what you can do if you're not able to leave the zoo. I am actually recording this before the school board meeting on a Tuesday night so that I can release this for Wednesday. And before I go any further, let me remind you, share, subscribe, comment, and like the program. I am investing my time to put out the media, the, the content, if you will, so that you will have a better idea what's going on, give you some inspiration, some education, and quite frankly, some in, uh, information <laughs> that will help you better deal with what's going on in our community, in our county in our state. Now, I don't claim to have the answers for everything, but I do have some answers and some ideas, and you can choose to use what you see and what works best for you. So here we go, on with the show, leaving the zoo. I call it that because, (laughs) quite frankly, uh, the circus was taken. I'm just kidding. No, but really, the idea that we get to pay a large sum of money for advanced daycare for our children has come passe. So these school districts were created essentially to make good little citizens, good little robots, people that will follow orders and be able to, uh, quite frankly, work in a factory. Now that's morphed a little bit over time. And based on the Prussian model, which was developed to make good little soldiers, We are where we're at today. I've often said that I don't believe the school system is actually failing. It's succeeding at the goals that it actually has. So let's recap locally here. We've got all sorts of issues in McKinney ISD, Frisco ISD, uh, Prosper ISD, and Lovejoy. Don't know about Allen because they've managed to stay out of the news. And this is not a local phenomenon by any stretch. Whether it's bringing perverted books in, whether it's utilizing uh, social-emotional learning in lieu of the CRT, which was successfully branded as a terrible idea, the social-emotional learning, social-emotional learning is nothing better than what was already there. It's just a rebranding, kind of like this DEI push that we're getting on us. And for those of you that aren't aware, I refer to it as diversion exclusion and inversion but the the media calls it diversity inclusion and equity or is it diversion equity and inclusion i don't remember somehow the acronym doesn't spell out die when that's what it really does to your culture it causes it to die but be that as it may the government schools serve one valuable function they create good little worker bees But if you want for your children to be something other than good little worker bees, might I suggest another option? Now, I can already hear the complaints. Well, Stephen, why are you going to a school board meeting? Why do you even care what they're doing in school? Well, there's a couple different reasons. One, this is not the perfect world that I might dream of. This is not Libertopia where there's no such thing as government schools. The fact of the matter is, is a good number of our children are in a situation where they would not get an education if not for government schools. Now, you can look at the reasons why that is, 
But we can't fix that at the moment. But what we can do is improve the situation that we have. We can improve the system. Very little of that falls on the individual teacher. Very little of that falls on even the counselors or anything else. It goes from the principals on up. The district, the the regions, they all have this mindset that the children that you give to them to educate are actually their children. They have the mindset that they... They get to do and program your children how they see fit. They don't take kindly to you questioning them. They don't take kindly to you having a desire to be involved other than, you know, bring treats and uh, watch them as they walk through the hallway. And, you know, they they like a little buy-in from the grade school moms. But by the time you get to high school, they're not really that interested in having any of us around. Unless, of course, you're going to move band instruments or carry the football gear or, I don't know, uh, donate something. Then, then they're happy with that. And again, I'm trying really hard not to single out a specific anything. But what I will tell you is, we don't live in the perfect world. We live in the world that exists. So the idea of abolishing government schools tomorrow is just not on the table. Now, I've been... Some of my friends have been lumped in with me is that they agree with me on this. Well, that's laughable on its face. One of those friends were, you know, has a seat on the school board. Another one of those friends is a retired school district employee. Why would you think they want to ruin the school district? Why would you think any of us hate teachers? But that's the stuff that's put out there. Okay. So back to the original premise. Get your kids out of the schools. Okay. If, by any way, stretch of the imagination, you can get your kids out of the government education system, your children will be better off. Now, whether or not they do any school choice bill, whether or not they offer up any kind of voucher system, that maybe is icing on the cake, if that's important to you. But your children are your most valuable thing that you own. And you don't even own them. The most valuable thing that you have is your family. And if you don't care enough about your children that you want to pour into them or have somebody else pour into them that you actually trust, that's that's your choice. That's your decision. And again, I already hear the pushback. Well, what if I can't? You know, I'm a single mom. I'm a single dad. Or we're dirt poor. Or you're right. Those are the exceptions to the rule. Absolutely. Which is why we have a government school system in the first place. They created on the premise that all children should have access. And then they made it mandatory. Except in Texas, we got past that. In Texas, it's no longer mandatory. So, I'm suggesting that if you want to fix the problems that we have in America, if you want to improve our situation, if you want to protect liberty, if you want to make the most of our future... You invest in your kids here and now. Or your grandkids here and now. That means you're going to have to sacrifice a little time, perhaps a little money. But you have to decide, is your family worth it? Is your posterity worth it? Now, I know once upon a time, we used to have all these different organizations and groups. And um, they functioned to look after other people within the group. They function to look after the society as a whole, if you will. They were, they were help groups. They were assistants. All these different things. And they were done privately, whether through a church or for just a private organization. 
but we've dumped it all on government. And government's been happy to take that over because it adds to more control over we the people. So the first step to recovering the we the people is to pull your children out. Now, whether you think they're getting a good education or not, irrelevant. Whether or not you are upset because they're being programmed, okay, that's fine. That's good. That's good. But at the end of the day, nobody is going to care about your family or your children more than you or the rest of your family will. That should be reason enough. So, we have a two-prong attack here. One, the school districts don't listen and don't care what we think. So you pull the kids out. Two, as a result, the school districts make less money. They collect less income because they get money for butts and seats. You ever wonder why they're so concerned about your attendance or why they don't want your kid tardy or any of that stuff? It's because they get money for butts and seats. So we take that money away from them. We don't put little Johnny and little Mary in the government school system. Oh, but now what do we do? I'm not qualified to be a teacher. Well, here's the thing. Did you pass fifth grade? Then you're smarter than a fifth grader. You can probably teach any child anything with some curriculum through at least middle school. And if you're not comfortable with that, or you're single, or you are both have to work, or whatever your situation is, well, let me tell you. You can create a little co-op. You can work together with other people in your family. You can partner with your church. And while we're on that issue... There are tons of private schools, and a lot of those private schools actually have scholarship programs for young people that would benefit from that education they're offering that show promise in one thing or another. You need to look into that. There's other opportunities out there. You don't have to just homeschool. You don't have to just private school. There's many other options. But the the leverage that you have over the school district, over the government school monopoly, is they're your children. They're your grandchildren. Take them out. Protect them. Put their needs, their requirements, first and foremost in your lives. Now, okay, that's great, but we're still going to have a certain percentage of the population that can't do all of the above or doesn't want to or isn't interested. Well, those children are still going to be going there. They're going to be programmed. They're going to, they're going to, get the basic education maybe that they've been promised. But we have a vested interest in what's going on in the schools, whether or not our children are there or not. That means we need to be involved. That means we need to keep showing up at the school district, at school board meetings, and be involved in the elections for the school board members. That means we have to sacrifice yet a little bit more time, a little bit more money, and really just need to be paying attention to what's going on. By pulling your kid out, you have leverage. By protecting your children first, you have leverage. By looking after your extended family, you have leverage. Those government schools need the money they get. And if you take that from them, whether you're getting reimbursed for it or not, you have leverage. And if 5% of the school district would be willing to just say, you know what, we're not happy with what you're doing. And in order for us to commit our children back to you, you need to do this, 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 and this. Now, I know there's a whole slew of people that have different ideas or different priorities or different concerns regarding the school district. That's fine. Would you be interested to know that the majority of students that are homeschooled 
are not being homeschooled by religious people or for religious reasons. There's a various plethora of reasons why you would pull your children out of the government school system. Would you be interested to know that there's a whole lot of atheists that send their kids to private religious schools? Would you be interested to know there's a whole lot of Protestants that send their kids to the Catholic school and a whole lot of Catholics that send their kids to the Protestant schools because they like options, because it's what's available, because it's significantly better than what you get at the government school. And why do you think that is? Because there's a vested interest. There's a buy-in there. Okay, now let's look at the other piece of this puzzle. So we're putting leverage on the government school system to reform. Or, you know, if you don't adapt, you die. I myself, personally, I would be just fine if the government school system died. It's not going to. As a matter of fact, they'll probably get more money because we're starving them of money. And that's okay. They're still going to have to answer the voters. They're still going to have to understand, or excuse me, they're still going to have to have their voters understand how you could go from an A-rated district to a B-rated district. And all the while taking more money from you. Well, taking care of less kids. It becomes a challenge. You're not going to be able to convince a whole lot of people. But you've got to be involved. So even though you pull your kids out, you have to be involved. That's the key. Now, so I've covered two of the three tracks. The third thing, and this is just me spitballing here, but I don't see any reason why every church wouldn't have, at the very least, a school co-op at their church building. And if it's a larger church or maybe a well-funded church, why they wouldn't have a school sponsored by their church. I think it's sad and it's disappointing and quite frankly ridiculous at times that we don't have 30 or 40 private religious schools in every town around here. I know in McKinney, there's probably a half a dozen to a dozen. I can name four or five off the top of my head. I know there's more. But I also know there's probably about 30 churches. Now, look, I'm not asking you to be okay with uh, the First Unitarian Church. And if if Seventh-day Adventism is not your thing, okay, that's fine there. You don't have to go there either. But those people that attend those churches probably are more interested in their children being raised up right, being raised up in what they deem is important by going to those churches and being members than you would be. I I mean, I, I find it somewhat interesting that, you know, for all the things that the Mormons do, that they don't have more schools for the younger ages. They have, they have BYU. It's a great school by all accounts. And if I was Mormon, yeah, maybe I'd go check that out, but I'm not. So, Again, encourage your churches, push your churches, open up the doors to a co-op, maybe help out homeschoolers, maybe buy curriculum that can be shared and put around, or quite frankly, start a school. We don't, we don't benefit from $100 million stadiums. We don't benefit from, you know, a giant bus fleet. We don't benefit from fancy computers in every kid's hands if they can't read they can't do basic math and they don't have the slightest idea of what reasoning is 
And But that's what we're dealing with. Now, I'm somewhat familiar with the education process. I went back to school to be a teacher, and I could tell you that there is a challenge there. How do we educate the mass of children? Well, they have to target for the bulk, the, the middle. That means that the cheetahs, right, the high performers, they get left aside. That means that the children that really need the most amount of help, they don't get it unless you set up a special program. But then there's a whole bunch of holes in that issue as well. And they do. They try the best. And it's not on the teachers because the teachers can only do so much with so much time, with so much resources. And even if you had ultimate resources, you only have so much time and so much manpower. So you can't blame a teacher. You can't blame an individual for a societal issue. You can't blame even a district for problems put upon them. You're asking the square peg to go through the round hole. It can't be done. It shouldn't be done. It would never be what's best for each individual child. The idea that we can tailor a mass program to benefit each child is just laughable at its face. Now we can do the most for the majority. Yes. But again, because it's run from a centralized standpoint, because it's run from a top-down dictate, you can't function well. Now, there are other options. I, I honestly believe that if we had some innovative individuals put in charge of a school district and allowed to divvy things up and kind of change things up a little bit and do away with the uniformity and to have some different programs or different uh, plans in place that they might be able to come up with an idea that will nominally benefit more kids. But they're not going to do that. That would be giving up control. That's counterproductive to what government education is in the first place. So, again, if you can, I'm just going to recap this because we're coming to the end here. If you can, you pull the kids. If you can't, you stay and you fight. If you pull the kids, you can do private, you can do uh, some kind of co-op or some um, homeschool situation. There's plenty of options there. Now, I want to make sure I focus the rest of the time on the people that are stuck, where they feel like they just can't do it and they have to keep the kids in there. That may be the case. It may be. And that means that you're going to have to be that much more involved, pay that much more attention to what's going on. Read Little Johnny and Little Mary's homework. They're, they're, um, signed books. You're going to have to talk to their teachers. You're going to have to go visit the campus. Now I know they make it a challenge to visit the campus these days. They don't necessarily want parents sticking their noses into the students' classrooms. But at the end of the day, we have to remember these children are our posterity. These children are worth the sacrifices that we make. And one of those sacrifices has got to be ensuring that they have a good and solid future. So this is part of a, this is step one, if you will, of a three-part solution here. I've touched on a couple of the ideas that are going to be fleshed out a little more in the second episode of this. But for just right now, step one, getting the kids out of the zoo. Take them out of a situation that is not beneficial for them. 
Now, I realize you may have a student that's doing great, or you may have a student that benefits the most from that current situation. I'm not going to begrudge you that. I'm not going to suggest to you that for every student, it's a terrible situation. It's clearly not. But for a lot of students, it's not ideal. For a lot of students, it's a bad situation. You, the parent, have to take control. You have to make the sacrifices. You have to work with other members of your family, your community, your church, whatever, and take control. These people, this operation, especially a government-run school district, they're supposed to work for us. They're supposed to respect our needs. They're supposed to do for us what we ask them to do. They won't, and they don't. They treat us like criminals, and quite frankly, they're quite abusive to a lot of people. The only option that will correct that is to get leverage over them. And I've just described that. And when episode number two comes along, we'll transition into what we can do after that. With that, maybe, just maybe, I'll be proven wrong and the school district will, I don't know, have some ideas or some answers tonight, but we'll wait and see. And until tomorrow, I will see you on the other side.